Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Good afternoon, guys. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm. It's exciting to get a chance to talk to you today. We're going to do How to Make a Profit Farming, Part 4. Let's review 1 through 3 very quickly. Number one was let's get a good start. How do we get a good start? We make sure we're pulling a good soil test that shows us all the things that we need to know. We've got good recommendations if we're gonna do a dry program, although that's probably not the best thing to do. We're gonna talk about the recommendations to use our program using the chelated micronutrients and all the different things that we need to make this work. We're gonna talk about using Amplify on the seed to get it up and going, to get it a good start. We're gonna use products that are PFR proven, that it isn't someone from the company telling you that it works, it's someone completely independent telling you it works. I like unfunded studies, why? Because here's the deal, if I pay you $10,000 to do a study for me on a product, there is an implied contract between us that that data is gonna be good. When I give you 10 grand, I have expectations. If I give you the product and you just do the test and then you just publish whatever it was, then you're just going to tell the truth. And that's what Bex is doing and we appreciate them very much. So that was day one. We jumped into day two. We recapped the soil test. Then we started talking about things like populations, which is really a continuation of a good start. We talked about N, P, K, S, boron, and getting that calcium right. And we talked a lot about different kinds of sulfurs that we need to use. And if you haven't heard one, two, and three, go back and give them a look, give them a listen. Yesterday on part three, we talked about micronutrients specifically and doing your spraying. And let me review this. If someone comes to you and they say, hey, why don't you try some? That's a red flag. I don't think we wanna be trying something to see whether or not it's gonna work. We wanna make sure that what we're doing is proven. That's why we have the PFR stuff. Today, part four, wanna talk about fungicides, insecticides, and foliar feeding. So let me recap something I've said on every other day. Buy a sprayer. If you didn't post up yesterday on part three, but you own your own sprayer, I want you to tell us what kind is it? Would you buy the same one again? And why or why not? because we're trying to share information to get each, everybody to help each other here. So tell us what you're using for a sprayer and tell us if you would buy it again, if you were gonna do it over and why or why not you wouldn't. And kind of just share some ideas with some other guys here. I'd really appreciate that. Here's the deal, whether it's fungicide, insecticide or foliar feeding, we're gonna talk about these separately. We're still back to the same thing. We still gotta get the right product at the right rate, at the right time, at the right stage, okay? And I wanna make sure guys, that we're doing this because if we don't get this correct, we really, really, really hurt ourselves. I know time is important, source or product is important, rate is important, and place is important. So how does that work on our spraying? We'll start with insecticides. When's the best time to spray insecticide? Right when that hits the threshold that you need to. We don't wanna give those bugs one extra day. Maybe we're gonna do something as a preventative, but if we're not doing it as a preventative, we wanna make sure we're out there when they cross the economic threshold. And let's make sure, guys, if we're spraying an insecticide, insecticides are incredibly intolerant of water of the improper pH. Most of us, we test water all across the United States. Most of the pHs that we look at on water range from eight to 
so they're on the alkaline side. What's the problem with that? Insecticides, most of them, you need to look at the label, but most insecticides should be sprayed off at a pH of six. So our water is a thousand times too alkaline and we need it to be 10 times acidic. So there's a 10,000 swing difference there, guys. Okay, it's huge. What happens when we put an insecticide, for that matter, any chemical into a water with too high a pH, it has a half-life. There are insecticides that when you drop that insecticide in a water with a pH of 8.5, half the active ingredient dies in 15 minutes. So you fill up, you put in your insecticide, you eat a cheeseburger, you get to the field. It's been 45 minutes since you went in, so you've got half of a half of a half. You start spraying with one-eighth of the active ingredient. And by the time you work your way across the field and go another 30 minutes, what are you doing? You're now you're spraying one thirty-second of the actual rate of what you need. Guys, pH is important. For a hundred bucks, you can buy a pH meter that's digital, a hundred dollars. And then you can take our product combined and you can add, add that to the water, get the pH where you want it. Now I know other people are gonna say, well, we use citric acid or we use this or we use that and it's cheap. Citric acid will drop the pH of your water but it won't hold it. It'll start to go back up. Hydrolysis comes in, it starts to raise back up, and very quickly, you're back to the original pH that you had. When you use our combined product, you put that pH at 6.0, it stays at 6.0. So there's a little tip that'll make you a lot of money, make your insecticides, fungicides, and herbicides all work better. Particularly, insecticides and fungicides are more susceptible to having the half-life die off and to having the half-life be shorter. Now, when we're spraying insecticides, we wanna make sure, and fungicides, where does most of the pathogens or the pests we're trying to control live? They live on the bottom of the leaf. So it's really important to make sure we're getting really good coverage. Now, we can spray really high rates of water, and we probably should when we're spraying insecticide. Rather than going with a 30 gallon to the acre rate trying to get that water on the bottom of the leaf, what if I said, hey guys, I have a product you can put in six ounces for a hundred gallon and when that water gets to the edge of the leaf instead of dripping off it'll come around and cover the bottom side of the leaf because that's what our rainfast problem does our rainfast product will go and it will cover the leaf on the top then it will wrap around on the bottom and therefore you get that coverage that you want would i still use kind of a higher rate probably i want to use whatever the label says because i want the guarantee to work but I'm gonna put Rainfast with that to make sure I'm getting the coverage on the bottom of that leaf that I want. It also enhances absorption on the top if you're trying to kill weeds. And so there's a lot of reasons to use that product. It takes six ounces per 100 gallon. It's relatively inexpensive. It's a great product for you. It is the farmer's friend. We talked about it on three also, if you wanna look at part three and get some other information on that. Now, that being said, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, you need to buy a sprayer. I'll just throw that in there like every three minutes so you guys get the picture of where we stand on this. No, I don't sell sprayers. No, I don't get a commission. Yes, I think it's the right thing for you because that's how you're going to make the most money, okay? Fungicides the same way. We want to put those on at the right time. Now, Bex, in their PFR book this year, they studied fungicides and they studied how they work but they even went so far as to study exactly at what stage you should put it on. And no, I'm not going to tell you. If you're interested, you can give us a call and we'll talk about it, or you can get into the PFR book. But guys, there are people out there selling you fungicide and they're just saying, just put it on, just put it on, just put it on. When should I spray it? Don't matter, just put it on. And the fact of the matter is it does matter. It matters a lot. 
and the maximum economic return, there's a certain stage in the life of that plant where Bex in multiple years in multiple locations has proven what you should do with that as far as what stage of the plant. And I highly encourage you that timing is critical on that. You also still need the good surfactant. You still need to get good coverage. Fungicide works like everything else when it's used correctly. Just blowing some on and hoping for the best, not a good plan. I want to encourage you, dig into that book or give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about that. And lastly, let's talk about foliar feeding. Foliar feeding, first of all, in my estimation, is not the first thing that we go to in our line. Let's pretend you're building a 12-story hotel. I just want to build the penthouse. I want to build the 12th floor. Let me start. That's not how it works. Somebody has to dig the footings. Somebody has to pour the footings. Somebody has to pour the basement walls. And somebody's got to build the first 11 floors before you can build the penthouse. Your fertility is the same way. How do we dig the footings? How do we get the good start? We talked about that in part one. We got to do the soil test. We got to replace the micronutrients. We got to do everything that we need because foliar feeding is not designed to be a rescue treatment. It works best when it's trying to push. We take the best 25 or the best 50% of our acres and we push them trying to get another 10 or 20%. Why do I want to push corn that's going to make 125 bushel when 10% is 12 bushel? It's okay, it's not bad, but what if I got corn that's at 250 and I'm getting 10%? Now I'm getting 25 for the exact same investment. So we want to push it. Now, can, and, and as a rescue, if I see something, you know, we get a magnesium deficiency, you bet we're going to fix that as fast as we can. But we know we suffer. When we see visual problems, we know we've already lost significant yield. We want to fix it before it's a problem. So we're gonna go back through the right way to do the foliar feeding, guys, because I get guys, well, I tried that once and it didn't work. This is where your four R's are the most important, all right? Guys, you better have the right product. And most products are not built to be foliar fed. They do not have what it takes. They do not have the right mixture. They don't have the right pH. They've got a lot of things that aren't correct and therefore they don't work. A lot of them will cause burn. At R2, on corner beans, we have a product called Feast XL. It's a triazone nitrogen. It's very low burn. It lays on the leaf until it is absorbed. There's a competitor, very similar product. They always say, hey, we got something just like they got, and it's actually more expensive than ours. And their product, instead of using triazone nitrogen, they use formaldehyde. Formaldehyde burns its way in. They said, we get good penetration. Yes, you do, because you burn your way into that leaf. However, we don't want to burn the leaf. And therefore, in side-by-side -side testing, Feast XL comes out on top because it's a whole different chemistry, a much softer, friendlier chemistry. So if you're interested in pushing a crop at R2, and maybe you can co-apply that because there are some sprays that should be applied at R2, you can co-apply it with other things, then that would be something to respectfully consider, guys. It's a great way to make a profit farming. But guys, you gotta have the right product. You gotta be at the right rate and the rate looks like this, guys. We have people who think they're foliar feeding. They go out, they got 25 pounds of pressure. They're spraying 20 gallon to the acre. That's not foliar feeding. That is broadcast spraying. And the lion's share of what you spray is going to hit the dirt. We're not trying to hit the dirt. What we wanna do is jack the pressure up, up to 65 pounds. I'm happier at 85, we'll get by at 65. We wanna make sure that we are using a cone jet tip, stainless steel preferably, and we're putting on somewhere between three and eight gallon total. 
And I'm a lot happier at five than I am at eight because your results will be much better. Guys, there's an electromagnetic traction. They've used the radioactive isotopes to track it. And when you use high pressure, low volume, and you get that mist hanging in the air, then you can get those plants will actually draw that fertilizer in. So a far smaller percentage goes to the dirt and a far bigger percentage goes in the plant. That's our goal. So it is important to do it at the right rate and the right place. The right place is not the dirt. That's the wrong place. The right place to get it is into the plant. The right product is, as far as I'm concerned, is our product because our micronutrients go in that way. Our fertilizer goes in that way. Our Feast XL is incredible to push something later on to drive roots and get it going. And let's talk about time. Let's talk about time of day and temperature because it's really important that we never foliar feed when the temperature is above 86 degrees. That's critical. Why? Because the stomata close up, they don't take anything in very well, and we increase the opportunity to burn something. So what does that mean? That means we're gonna work in the morning or the evening. We have to let that temperature be below 86. Some say, well, in the morning we have dew and I'm scared of it. And I don't disagree with that if you are not using RainFast. If you're using the RainFast product and in fertilizer, you use it at a one ounce per hundred gallon rate, just one ounce per hundred gallon. We're talking about pennies here, but instead of running off, it actually absorbs into the plant. And that's really, really important. So time of day, absolutely. We want to try and do it early in the morning or later in the evening or even after dark. Guys, if you're doing it at sundown and you get to the other end of the field, you turn around with that spray and you look back and it just looks like there's a fog rolling in, you're doing it correctly. That's the deal. Foliar feeding is just the anti way to spray chemicals. You know, with chemicals, we don't want them to atomize. We don't want them to drift. We don't want them to float. We want them to lay down and go down right now. That's why we have the bullseye product to make sure we deposit those where we want them. With foliar feeding, it's just the opposite. We want it to hang in the air. We want it to be a mist. We want really, really, really small droplet size. And we do that by adding in the pressure, lowering the volume. So guys, if we're gonna foliar feed, what are we gonna put on? Well, my suggestion, my recommendation is that we run a tissue test. You know, there are a lot of people, they have their name written in the book that says, people who did not successfully foliar feed. And that makes me sad because foliar feeding works if you do it correctly. So one of the problems is we get the salesman coming out and he doesn't know that much about it, but it's July and he ain't sold anything for a while and he needs some commission. So he comes out and goes, hey, why don't you try some? Try some of this product with formaldehyde in it. Try some of this five different micronutrients in one jug with it. Just try some, see how it works for you. Well, how about we not try some? How about we let someone else do the experimenting, someone else do the studies. Let's do what we know works. So we take a tissue test and our tissue test will come back and tell you down to the ounce what you need in the way of micronutrients. There's science behind this, guys. This isn't throwing darts at a board hoping for the best. This is not trying to break the pinata blindfolded. This is science. This is when we know what we're gonna do and we know the results that we're going to get. And so I want to encourage you that we run the tissue test through our system. If you have an account with us, you have an account with Midwest Labs that will get that to you all in one package. And we look very forward to doing that because we love foliar feeding. We had a bunch of guys this summer that the way they got acquainted with us was they just bought one tote of manganese, okay? And that tote of manganese worked and it made them money. And because of that, they came back and those guys are doing quite a bit with us. And we appreciate each and every one of them who joined, but I'm most happy that each and every one of them that did it got positive results. 
every one of them. And that makes me happy to know that we get a 100% response rate because we love happy customers. And I love making you guys more money. That's the bottom line on what we do. Guys, I've enjoyed these four programs. I don't know if we'll add anything else to this or not, but we are going to keep doing live videos. We're going to keep doing podcasts. If you haven't followed us, give a look. A Better Way to Farm. Find the podcast. Give it a listen. These four will be on podcast too. We have a bunch of podcasts that are dropping, and you guys are going to love hearing what they have to say. Some of them are entertaining. Some of them are tremendously informational, and I encourage you to do that. You found value in what we did. If you listen to the podcast, rate it, please. We would appreciate that. Share it with a friend. If you find value in what we do on these live videos, tag somebody. Tag a friend in it. Share it with some friends of yours. And let them know that we're out here. Because our bottom line is we are trying to build the best, friendliest, positive community that we can build. And so we appreciate you guys. We appreciate your positive comments. We appreciate you as farmers feeding the world. And guys, I'm going to wrap this up and just say I hope you really are having a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.